I love that, the, the depths of his love. It's good to, good to have a loving Heavenly Father. So, travel back about 200 years ago in uh, Christian history to John Newton. Uh, he was a slave trader turned preacher and uh, hymn writer. And uh, he, would, he would receive almost unbelievable answers to his, his prayers because he believed in what he called large asking. And when, it, when explaining what he meant, Newton would offer sight in a legendary story of a man who asked Alexander the Great to give him a huge sum of money in exchange for his daughter's hand in marriage. And Alexander agreed, and he, he told the man of the request of Alexander's treasurer. Alexander agreed, told the man to request of Alexander's treasurer whatever he wanted. So the father of the bride went and asked for an enormous amount. And the treasurer was startled and said he, he couldn't give that kind of money without a direct order. So going to Alexander, the treasurer argued that even a small fraction of the money requested would be more than, than enough. It would serve the purpose. And Alexander said no. He said, let him have it all. I like that fellow. He, he does me honor. He treats me like a king and proves that by what he asks. He believes me to be both rich and generous. And Newton concluded in the same way, we should go to the throne of God and present petitions that express honorable views of the love, riches, and bounty of our king. Well, we uh, continue today in our, our study in the Sermon on the Mount. We'll, we'll have one more after this. We're, we're almost through. Uh, today's text is uh, Matthew 7, 7 through 10. And it's about asking. You know, Jesus is, is talking about going to that throne of grace, petitioning our, our Lord. You know, he's already given us in, in this Sermon on the Mount uh, instruction on prayer, you know, how to pray, how not to pray, uh, what, you know, what the heart of genuine prayer looks like. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't pray for show. We, we pray to uh, honor God and, and to worship him. We pray because we want our wills to be aligned with, with his will. We, we pray in response to who God is what's he's, and, and what he's done for us. And in today's text, Jesus continues his instruction. So read with me starting at chapter 10, verse 7. Chapter 7, verse 7. Chapter 7, verse 7. <laughs> Okay, chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and to the one who seeks finds, and to the, to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if, a, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do for you, do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. You know, this, this is a great passage here. Uh, it's, it's a passage of, of hope and promise, uh, 
and it, it's for those who truly desire God. And uh, you know, as, it, as I was meditating on this passage, it occurred to me there's a parallel passage that we probably most of us know this. It's Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, which says, "If if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray." And seek my face and, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive them their sin and heal their land. In in our text in this Sermon on the Mount today, Jesus is talking about prayer, but very importantly, he's he's really emphasizing God's gracious love, his generous love towards us. He, he's talking about doing just what God said to Solomon he would do if his people came and, and prayed. He's talking about the promise that we have from God and how he hears our prayers. So let's, let's begin. The first thing to look at is what Jesus says about asking, seeking, and knocking. You know, first, uh, he says, ask and it will be given to you. For everyone who asks receives. And you know, in our parallel passage, First Chronicles, God says, If my if my people will humble themselves in prayer. Remember, Jesus previously said, Don't be anxious. You know, if God takes care of the, the grasses in the field and he, he watches over the sparrows, well, you know, you're you're worth more than, than sparrows. He's going to take care of you. You know, those who don't have God in their lives don't have this hope. They, they worry about things. But we don't need to. We're, we're different. You know, instead of being anxious, we need to seek God and seek his kingdom and, and his righteousness, and, and these things will be added. They'll be taken care of. And here he says, do you have a need? Bring it to God. Give it to God in prayer. Ask for his help. Um, we got a lot of verses here. In Philippians 5, 5 through 7, the Apostle Paul says, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ, in Christ Jesus. You know, we're, we're called to be people of prayer. It's all over the, the Bible. We're invited to bring our cares and cast them uh, down at, at the feet of our Lord. Why? Because he cares for us. Uh, Jesus told his disciples in, in John fifteen seven, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Uh, James says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly and uh, to spend it on your own passions. James 4, 2 to 3. Well, the next part of this is seek. Seek and you shall find. Because the one who, seek, who seeks finds. <laughs> and so one question we might ask is, uh, is this. What, what is it we're seeking you know, what what should we be seeking? Uh, the 
The word in the original language means to devote serious effort to, re- to realize one's desire or objective, to, to strive for, to aim for. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very active pursuit. It's not a, it's not a passive thing. Really, uh, very, very little in the Christian life is passive. The Christian life is very active. Jesus uses this same word in a, in a parable in Luke 15, 8 through 9. Where he says, what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, I've I've found the coin that I've lost. You know, have you ever spent a lot of time seeking for something, trying to find something that, that you lost? Several years ago, Chris and I were, when we were living in Dallas, we we ate out at a uh, restaurant in, in town, and Chris realized, she looked down at her ring, and her, her diamond was gone from her ring. The diamond had come off. And uh, so we looked on the table, we looked under the table, we retraced our paths, we talked to the waitress, we talked to the people in the surrounding table. Has anybody seen this, you know, this, this little precious diamond? Of course, we didn't, we didn't find it there. Uh, yeah, a diamond is just such a, a small thing. You know, it looks bigger in the ring than it, than it does out of the ring somehow. We, we searched the car. You know, we, we found things that we had lost in our car <laughs> you know, way back. We we got home, we we searched the driveway, we searched the sidewalk leading to the house, we we just looked every place, every square inch of the the house for this this valuable diamond and we found it. We yeah, it was it was in the bathroom on the floor. It's this little teeny thing, you know. It took hours. You know, we, we dedicated, I don't know how many hours to, to find that thing. But, you know, this is, the, this is the kind of seeking that Jesus is talking about here. What do we seek? Um, you know, we find answers in Scripture about the things we should be seeking for as, as believers. Uh, Zephaniah 2.3, uh, seek the Lord. Seek his righteousness. Seek humility. Uh, Amos 5.14, seek good and not evil that you may live. Isaiah 55, 6-7 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Jesus said earlier, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What is, what is our second chronicle? passage say it says you know if my people who are called by name my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face you know this is this is seeking god's presence this is this is having a passion for for being with god to desire him to, you know to long to be with him in ezra we read the hand of our god is good on all who seek him And in Second Chronicles chapter 15, the 
this, this was after our, our passage in uh, Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without a true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. But when in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found by them. So, you know, why do we seek something? Because it's valuable. It's, it's important to us. It means a lot to us. We're, we're willing to spend the time and the effort and our resources to, to find it. Seek God. Seek his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. You know, dedicating our, our full effort, our, our full attention to, to this pursuit. So ask, seek. The third is knock. Knock and it will be open to you. To the one who knocks, it will be opened. And notice there's a, there's a progression here. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask uh, naturally indicates prayer. Seek and knock. Are, they're also metaphors for prayer, but, you know, in a, in a way they're, they're equivalent. But these three are not exactly the same. There's, there's kind of an increase in intensity in the prayer. Uh, commentator Mark, Michael Wilkins says this. He says, ask indicates coming to God with humility and consciousness of need as a child fittingly comes to her father. Seek links one's prayer with the responsible activity in pursuing God's will as when a person prays for a job and at the same time checks out leads. You know, I, w- I would add that seeking primarily uh, indicates seeking God himself. Knock indicates perseverance in one's asking and seeking, as when the disciple perseveres in praying for his unbelieving family's salvation and speaks and lives the gospel throughout his lifetime. He says Jesus' disciples are to ask the Father continually as, as as a manner of life to be constantly responsible in pursuing God's will and maintaining an unremitting determination and expecting the Father to answer. So in in Luke's telling of the gospel, uh, Jesus responds to a a request from one of the disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. And in his teaching, he he illustrates this this persistence and, and urgency in prayer that we should have in a parable. Luke eleven five through nine. He said to them, "Which of you has, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him, and he will answer within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet." Because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And so he, he ends this parable with, with this imperative. He says, I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open to you. So if we go back to uh, the time when, when Jesus was walking the earth, uh, Bible time, most, most houses had a single room. 
And uh, it, it was common people to have, for people to have floors made of uh, tamped earth. And, you know, the family would, would all sleep together in, in pretty close quarters. And during the winter, uh, the, the house was heated by a little charcoal fire, uh, which, which the family would, would kind of gather around and, and sleep around. And so in this parable, uh, this man showing hospitality to a traveling visitor, and, and he doesn't have any food. He needs bread to give his guest. And he's going to have to rely on a, a third person to uh, meet this request. But his friend, instead of getting up and giving it to him, as he should have done, he says, go away. You know, we've already gone to bed. I don't want to disturb my family. You know, I'll step on somebody or something. You know, the, the guy persists, though. He keeps on knocking. That persistence of asking. You know, this, this parable is not teaching that Jesus is reluctant to give us our, our, our requests and, and that we need to wear him down. Um, when we have repentant hearts though we're longing to turn from our sin and turning to God we're all desiring to be uh, all in now Jesus doesn't just say these things lightly he, he says we can ask, seek and knock and he gives us the reason why we can it's because we've got a loving heavenly father Loving and, and generous. So, you know, Jesus asked this rhetorical question in our text. You know, which which one of you would, uh, if his son asked him for bread, give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, your father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? You know, as sinful as we are, as depraved as we are, most of us would not give a, a rattlesnake in a sack to our, our children. You know, wrap it up nicely and say, you know, <laughs> happy birthday. We, we saw this movie. Uh, I don't even remember what it was about that much, really. It's kind of a disturbing movie. It's about a dysfunctional family. And the the mother was telling a story about when she was a girl and she, she wanted this, this pair of boots. She wanted this pair of boots that she saw in the store. She wanted them really bad. And they were poor. Well, her mother put this box under the Christmas tree. It was, it was a boot box. And, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks, this girl just couldn't wait to open that box. And Christmas morning came and she opened it up and she found a pair of boots, some old worn out, muddy work boots. And uh, she said her mom just laughed for weeks about that. That's pretty evil. Jesus saying, no, you're not like that. Um, And if you're not like that, if you're a generous parent, think how much more God loves you and wants you to have good things. You know, we... It, it, it pleases us to do things for our, our children and our, our grandchildren and, and the people we love, right? We, we take joy in they, their joy. Uh, we, we delight in their delight, don't we? God hears our prayers. And Second uh, Chronicles, that passage carries that promise that if we do this, if we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our sinful ways, he'll hear our prayers and bring healing and restoration,
John Piper, I think every book I've ever read by him, he, he brings up this one point. He says that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And uh, the first time I read that, I, it was maybe about 10 or 12 years ago, um, I spent some time pondering it, that. Is, is this true? You know, we might, we might think, well, you know, God doesn't need us. He can be glorified whether we exist or, or not. You know, he's, he's sovereign. And it was this passage that, that helped me with this. I love the way that Jesus relates God's fatherhood to, to my own, to, to our own. You know, the fact is, uh, I don't need children. But I sure do love having children. I really love having grandchildren. Uh, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy doing things for them. I enjoy being good to them because I take delight in their delight. Listen to the Psalm 37, 4 and 5. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will act. And uh, I told you I have a lot of verses here. In John fourteen thirteen, Jesus tells his disciples, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God is glorified. The Father is glorified when we ask for things in the name of Jesus. He delights in it. So realizing that the goodness and the generosity that is in God, our Heavenly Father, you know, how, how should that affect us? How should that change the way we live? And Jesus gets to that in the next verse, and it almost sounds like this, this next verse, he's shifting gears and, and turning in, in another direction, but he's really not. This last verse contains what many call the golden rule. You know, so whatever you wish that others would do for you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. I think this is one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. It's, it's also probably one of the most misquoted verses. Um, now, I don't frequently quote from Eugene Peterson's The Message, but uh, here's how he praises, paraphrases this verse. He says, here's a simple rule of thumb, guide for behavior. Ask yourself, what do you want people to do for you? Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's verse 12, Matthew 7, 12. So, you know, when I, um, when I, when I went through this, this Sermon on the Mount, these, these few chapters, and kind of planned my sermons, laid them out, I, I originally was going to give the, the golden rule an entire sermon. But you know, I, I realize when I look at the language, you know, what we need to notice is the first word of that is so. What does that mean? It's a, it, it's a transitional conjunction in, in, in grammar. You know, it's, it introduces the result of or an inference from what precedes it. So it's kind of like therefore or consequently or something like that, accordingly. Um, 
All this to say, this is not a standalone command. It ties directly to what Jesus just talked about. Ask, seek, and knock. Because you've got a Heavenly Father that, that loves you, who loves you. God is good to us. He loves us. He, he delights in giving us good things. He, he wants us to pray. He invites us to, to cast our cares on him because he, he cares for us. He, you know, we can approach him earnestly and persistently and urgently with, with a need. He says for us to do that. We should have that, that same sort of passion when we, when we come to him. Now, as God's children... Seeing how God is, our Heavenly Father, shouldn't we be the same to others? You know, this this takes prayer way beyond just asking for help. You know, Jesus says, whatever you wish others would do to you. You know, do you see what he's getting at? He you know, we need to extend people, other people, the same kind of grace that, that God extends to us. It's you know, the, the, the same kind of love, the same kind of mercy, the same kind of fill in the blank, the same kind of forgiveness. You know, add, add up the law and the prophets, and this is, this is what you get. And Jesus makes this same claim in Matthew 22, later on in this gospel. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law. And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first, the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. Um, James says in James 2.8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So Jesus says, you know, you, you wouldn't give your son a scorpion if he asked for an egg. You wouldn't give your son a snake if he asked for bread, right? So, you know, if, if your brother, if my brother needs encouragement, I'm not going to give him discouragement, right? If my brother needs love, I'm not going to give him hatred, Right? You know, the way we want to be treated should be the way that we understand God to treat us. Because that's how I want people to to treat me. I want to be treated with understanding and compassion and all these things. Mercy, grace, love. So let's wrap this up. It's, it's really all about relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others. You know, God has given us this great invitation to his throne room. Uh, you know, prayer, prayer isn't a tool or a technology or a program or anything like that. It's... Uh, it's a gracious and generous, loving father gathering his children around him.
beautiful picture. He, he calls us to, to participate. He, he calls us to be like him towards others, generous and gracious and loving. Let's pray. Uh, Father, our, our Father, um, these, these words of Jesus in, in this gospel uh, are, are convicting, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that your word would take root in our hearts, Lord, that we would, we would ponder these things, that we would meditate on them. Lord, make us people of prayer. Make this, a, make this church a house of prayer. Thank you, Lord, that we can go to you. We can, we can ask and seek and knock and you hear us. That's amazing, Lord. Thank you so much. And so we need your help, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.